Hello, and welcome to another episode of Behind the Fourth Wall, a podcast where we discuss and review movies, trailers, TV shows, and everything pop culture. My name is Emmett, and I'm joined today by my co-host and 17th Triwizard Champion, repping the House of Ravenclaw, Ivan. I'm more of a Hufflepuff, I'm pretty sure. You know, I am too, and I didn't want to project that because for some reason Hufflepuffs get a bad name and a bad rep. Oh, damn. All right, well, BuzzFeed says I'm a Hufflepuff every time I take their quiz on it, so... I also could have sworn you registered as Ravenclaw for that Triwizard tournament. Is there a reason behind that? Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> okay, yeah. Plead the fifth, I like it. Smart. Let's just say I don't like my house. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. You know what? Gryffindors are overrated. Yeah, nobody wants to be a Gryffindor. Outside of Hermione, what have they really produced? Mm, nothing. They, they don't have intelligence. You Their know, bravest member is what? Neville? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what? Like, BuzzFeed may say I'm a Hufflepuff, but I'm really like secretly low-key House Slytherin all the way. Oh. <laughs> no one would admit to that. I don't think you are. <laughs> No, I, I, I think you're not. like you're the wits and intelligence of Ravenclaw. You're the bravery of of Gryffindor, but you're just put into Hufflepuff because <laughs> 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 the, the sorty I couldn't decide. Oh my god, we should. You know what though? I've been rewatching. That's why I thought about this. But I've been rewatching. Hufflepuff had Cedric Diggory. I mean, come on, we had Robert Pattinson. Yeah, that's true. The Batman. The Batman. And the tenant, and Edward, the the no, not the snowman. Uh, the, 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 uh, <laughs> no, not Snowden. <laughs> the vampire. Yeah. All right. Let's today. Let's uh, we're we're dropping this, and we want to talk about everything that you should know or prep for for Falcon Winter Soldier. Maybe even a couple predictions. But let's talk first history of in the MCU for these two. Or possibly four characters of importance. So oh. Disney Plus had created a, a really good, uh, like, quick 13-minute compilation of the two characters for Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, basically just showing all their movie appearances because it's kind of limited. So if you have no time at all to prep, I would just watch those because those are really quick, really easy. You get a feel for the character. Um, did you get a chance to watch those yet? I did not see those. Um, Saving them. I like it. Well, I, I was supposed <laughs> to watch them this morning. <laughs> oh. But the homework. I completely forgot. <laughs> you should have just let me talk about it and then said, yeah, I, I like what that guy said. <laughs> I, I agree with everything that Emma just put out into the universe. No, they're, they're nothing special. They're just like the, the Wanda and the Vision one that they did before that series. With characters I, that don't get that much screen time. It's basically their entire reel <laughs> of Marvel. So it's not a lot. And for two characters that shared the screen for most of their scenes, it's a lot of the same scenes in these two different episodes. I agree. So it's a, it's a little tough to be in the editing room for that one. I will hand them that. It's a, it's a little tough for me to give my opinion because I didn't watch these. <laughs> but I, I, you know, ditto. I agree. <laughs> But if you have more time than 13 minutes to, to prep, uh, we kind of have a must-watch list and then a nice-to-watch list going on here. Um, I think for must-watch, 
is, I think that's really two. I think it's Winter Soldier and Civil War. Yeah, pretty uh, much. So Winter Soldier is the second Captain America movie. If you have time, maybe that's a nice little watch. It is the first one, first Captain America, if you have the patience to sit through it. Uh, <laughs> but this is your favorite movie, right? Out of Marvel? Um, top three? It's in my top five. I, I, I wouldn't Ooh. say it's my favorite anymore. Coming around, I like it. Um, Far From Home is, is probably my favorite Marvel yeah. movie right now. And I'm it's, I'm a little biased because like sp- I'm, I've been a Spider-Man fan for a long time, right? But well, yeah, I think Winter Soldier was definitely my favorite movie for 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 quite a while there. Um, I still think it's really good. I, I think I think it holds up and it's definitely better than the first Captain America movie by by a mile. Uh, but this movie is great because it introduces Winter Soldier, uh, which is Lieutenant Bucky Barnes, Captain America's childhood friend. They went to war together and uh, also introduces Falcon, who quickly becomes Steve's new best friend because they share a bond over the burdens of being a soldier, as well as just, you know, Falcon's generally just a a nice guy. I think that this, like, out of the two movies, this is probably, like, the the big one to watch. Because not only that, we also get an introduction to Sharon Carter, although she plays a very small role in the movie. But um, Winter Soldier, I think, was, like, one of the movies in the MCU, as le- at least in the early years, that really shook things up for the whole universe. Um, and aside from that, like, I think that it definitely did a good job of fleshing out those relationships that um, were not, well... Bucky's relationship with Steve wasn't introduced here, right? That was like the first movie, but yeah, that was a was, lot of first soldier. Yeah, but I think it was like further fleshed out here, and you really got to see. Um, I, I think the characterization of it evolve a little bit more, for sure. Yeah, so we we'll get the two main characters here. For that's going to be in Falcon and Winter Soldier, but then, like you said, you're also going to get Sharon Carter, who has appeared in a couple trailers and exclusive clips. Uh, who might be a pretty big role in this series, too. And all it took was Captain America's death. I guess. Yeah, that's an oversimplification of the series of events, but sure. (laughs) (laughs) That's my new favorite line from Marvel. I'm going to use that for everything. (laughs) Uh, But definitely, I still put it on a must-watch. I know we definitely agree that Winter Soldier is the top must, but I think Civil War is definitely one that I would put time into just because it's also just a great movie. Uh, It's essentially another Avengers movie, but here you get to see a little bit more of Winter Soldier being uh, fleshed out as a character. He's being pulled out of hiding. He's like trying to recover from all the brainwashing that was done on him. Falcon plays a really important part in this movie and uh, in, in building Captain America's team. And then we also get a lot, uh, Zemo, who is going to be the presumed sole enemy of this series. Yeah, I have a feeling we have we're we're, we're going to get our leg pulled on that one too. <laughs> Coming out of Wandavision, I suspect. I don't know, that, man. No. It might just be as simple as it looks. <laughs> if you start coming in here with like these conspiracy theories and Mephisto no. hiding in the corner. <laughs> no, what I mean is like I don't think he's. I'm I'm willing to bet he's probably not the, like the primary antagonist. It might be like this this other group that's been showcased in the trailers, and he's just more of a supporting villain. 
I don't know. I'm I'm just I just kind of venture to guess that I'm basing it off of nothing other than like a gut feeling. It yeah. I'm not gonna rule anything out, and I'm also not gonna be like I know for sure because I don't. But he's all I've seen in the trailers really, uh, and I know that they have this history of uh, fighting him in the Civil War. So I will stick to that. I don't know much, but I will say that he's probably going to be the main focus of an enemy and potentially there could be a bigger bad. I don't know. Yeah. I've learned my lesson with making radical predictions. <laughs> it's part of the fun though. Although I'll probably still make a few. <laughs> but on the nice to watch list, uh, we got Captain America, the first Avenger. If you have the patience to sit through that, you get to see the relationship that Bucky and Steve have. So it'll probably be good background knowledge for for some of the clips that we've been seeing. Yeah, this is this is the movie to watch if you're really like invested in, into the uh, friendship between Bucky and, and Steve. Um, and it, it, I think, you know, above everything else, that's really what gets fleshed out in this movie. That and the relationship that he establishes with, with Peggy Carter. Yeah. Um, which I think were the two anchors of the movie. I feel like that's more than anything else. That movie is a very nice little like character piece on on Captain America as a whole. Um, I will say that that movie has aged a lot better than I thought it was. I think the only thing that I still kind of takes me out of it is the first part of it before he gets uh, super soldiered up. Um, it just really that Chris... was like the only part I liked. Really, the, the... <laughs> interesting. Yeah, no, I I can't. The visual of Chris Evans's face on a very scrawny dude's body. Well, yeah, just, it makes me feel better about my body. <laughs> That's the whole basis for like the first half of that movie. <laughs> yeah, and then I get Red Skull in the second half, and I'm like, yep, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I think it was like the it's just the visual is still like it doesn't age all that well. And I I recently saw it in like uh I recently recently got a 4K TV. So, Whoa. yeah, I know living it up there. Out a brand or a sponsorship or um, no? No, I mean, okay. thanks Sony for, <laughs> but that's all I could really say on it. <laughs> thanks for taking my money. So yeah, we we put Captain America as a nice to watch. How about Ant Man? I I put this on the list because I wasn't sure. There's literally only one scene, one interaction with Falcon, but it's a very funny one. And you get a little bit of Falcon doing his doing his business at uh at Avengers Complex. Yeah, I to be honest with you, I kind of forgot about that scene until you just brought it up just now. But yeah, you're right. He he has a pretty quick fight it's scene, a, I guess. Yeah, for it's like three minutes, four minutes. That 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 was a funny scene, and it does get referenced again later, like in uh in Civil it? War. In yeah, Civil so, War, right? Yeah. It's a nice to watch. Also, Ant-Man is top tier Marvel. So if you're just looking for a good Marvel movie, throw that one on there. That first movie was really great. Yeah. Even Ant-Man uh, 2 was all right. I liked Ant-Man 2. It's just like, I, I think they were both like it's on Paul the same Rudd. level kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's He's, Paul Rudd carrying that. You can never go wrong with Paul Rudd. So that's what they say. <laughs> uh, and, and then I, I think Infinity War and Endgame both be nice to watch i don't know if it's it's like required homework for this i think just for the sake of seeing bucky's progress because i up until just now like i I didn't really 
I totally forgot how broken up his character arc kind of is, right? Because you, you started technically in the first Captain America movie, but really Winter Soldier and Civil War is where the bulk of that um, evolution of his character kind of comes in. But in Infinity War, you get a chance to look at how he's kind of survived that whole mess. Um, and then Endgame, I guess, because it's... It, Endgame is really the, the, the starting point for a lot of this these uh, Disney Plus shows, I feel like. So uh, I think that's maybe arguably in the must-watch camp there. Yeah, it's definitely on that border of nice to watch. I would put Endgame in the, in the must-watch. I don't know if Infinity War is necessary. I do agree that you do get great like healing progress of Bucky because like for the longest time he's been trying to kick the whatever's going on in his head out uh, but he can't do it alone so he needs to be in Wakanda and and heal there. Uh, you also get good Falcon uh, returning to the storyline with Captain America after being out on the run but that might just ultimately be nice to watch, but if you're watching Endgame, then maybe just watch Infinity War as well. Might as well. It's only a six-hour commitment. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's it's just a little bit longer than a Snyder Cut. It's only like two hours more than the Snyder Cut. <laughs> no biggie. So that's kind of their history in the MCU. Um, just that they're both friends with Captain America. Uh you don't really get a lot of screen time of either of them. And you also don't like, you're kind of just forced to buy into that. They're friends with captain America. I think in the comics, it's much more of a bigger deal. So why don't we, why don't we get into that a little yeah, bit? They, and I'll they, let you take the lead. Cause this is definitely your area of expertise. <laughs> well, you laid it out really nicely here for Falcon. Um, Thank you. It's so. mostly Wikipedia. Yeah. Okay. You know, for a second there, I was reading through the notes and I was like, "Oh my god, I think he picked up a comic book since the last time we spoke." <laughs> nope, just Wikipedia. Okay. Well, you know what? Maybe someday I'll get you to read some sort of comic content. Uh, yeah, I have a Spider-Man one lying around here. Okay. There we go. That's one. Right. Those News Corp ones don't count. <laughs> <laughs> All right then. Um, so it, it's, it's, their dynamic is a little different because in the comics, Falcon and, and the Winter Soldier don't closely have a relationship. I feel like it's always either like the jelly for them is like, is Captain America or the, right, I didn't see a lot of overlap. That's what I thought was interesting. Yeah. Because you know, the MCU kind of pulls from the comic books and it pulls from the source material a lot, but it does what it wants to do with, with it. Um, the essence of the characters are, are the same. They stay pretty faithful to it. Um, you know, I think the most prominent thing with Falcon is that he was one of the first African-American superheroes uh, in mainstream comics. I don't know if he's the very first one. Um, I think that there's a little bit of a debate there between him and Jon Stewart over in DC Comics. Uh, but that's a debate for another time. And I feel like we get there's a lot to kind of dissect there. But um, way, it's still pretty groundbreaking. That was... Late yeah, 60s, right? Yeah, that was uh 69. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so he's always been closely tied to Captain America. Yeah, uh, and he's been tied to Captain America because of Stanley. I think that was his big initiative. There was to get as much representation as he could uh, on the page for for a while. There, that's how we got characters like uh, like Falcon. That's why we got the push for characters like Shang Chi 
um, and some of the other characters that I'm sure are going to get introduced now <laughs> with this new phase of films. Um, but going off here, he has some limited telepathic abilities. Um, I actually, you added a tidbit here that I wasn't like even know if it's still canon or not, but like the Falcon was revealed to be a mutant in the eighties. Um, I got to go back and take a look at that one. I'm not sure if they still have that in modern history. Cause like they keep rebooting the comics universe so much. It's hard to keep track of what's canon and what isn't anymore. Yeah, just the like telepathic and empathic control over birds was something that caught my eye because that's not something we've seen in the in the MCU at all. He's had like a digital bird that he controlled, but I think that's what he was calling Red Wing, right? Yeah, Red Wing was his pet falcon in the comics, and then he he has a drone named Red Wing in Civil War. I want to say. I think it was Civil War. Yeah, it's uh, when they're on the biological weapon. Uh, yeah, that was the, the 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 inc- the Lagos incident, right? Right. Um, but yeah, I, I think the the more the area to kind of focus, I guess, because we're talking about Falcon and Winter Soldier, um, the series here is probably the arc, and this is more recent when he became the new Captain America, and this is I think it was maybe five or six years ago. Yeah. Uh, so he became Captain America and the new leader of the Avengers after Steve re- retires. Um, the storyline from from my uh, if if I recall correctly, it, it was heavily uh, political, which was kind of the tone that Marvel was taking with comics around that time a couple of years ago and up until now. I feel like arguably they're still like mm. pushing. What could, be, um, what could be going on politically in 2016? I don't know. What could what could there be? <laughs> Nothing of importance, I'm sure. <laughs> but but um, it, it it is kind of funny though to see that it got tied to that because I feel like it was around the if if we're talking about the 2015 time, it comes right around like 2016 when the political sphere started heating up in the country. But yeah, um, they went with a political angle. It was primarily because of uh, they wanted to explore the uh, themes of race and racism um, with it. And so I think that a lot of that storyline is going to be what bleeds over and is kind of pulled from for this story. Um, truth be told, I don't, I can't recall too many prominent um, Falcon comic book arcs aside from this one. I think his time as Captain America has been, it's, even though it's like a very, very modern one, uh, it's definitely been one of the most prominent ones that kind of put his character into the forefront of things. Um, but he, it, it was a lot of basically Cap, Captain America names his successor. Uh, the government does not like the idea of Falcon becoming the the new Captain America because they'd like a Captain America that is actually uh, subservient to the U.S. government. So I'm, I'm assuming that they're they're sticking to that plot point. I'm honestly excited to see what what comes of this show from that angle because one of the things that I feel like stands out as big and prominent for Falcon in the comics is his uh, just like the iconography of, of seeing him in the Captain America suit wielding the shield but also still using those wings. Um, I I can't wait to see the costume. That thing is going to look sick. I think. Yeah, I I know they'll do a great job with that. But in the research I was doing, like the, the thing that stuck out to me is like this turmoil that he's in is he's been named the successor by captain america himself and yet people aren't accepting it and 
there's moments for in other comic spinoffs where he's like pressured to return the shield to which is returned to Steve when through some series of events he restores to being a younger age but I doubt they'll go that way with this but maybe that there will be pressure on him to relinquish the title so I kind of like being faced with like like these superheroes being faced with human problems like we saw with Wanda yeah, and I think that's what we're going to get here. I feel like uh, it's it, just from looking at the trailer, it looks like the shield that that new Captain America is carrying seems to be the same one that Steve hands over to, to Falcon. So I got to wonder, like, maybe the show starts off with Bucky and Falcon being on good terms and doing missions for the government, but then something goes sour or they're maybe they're not, like, obedient towards the government, and so the shield gets taken away. Hmm. Something like that, I feel like. They is do end up in with. some sort of group therapy in what looks like a interrogation room. So it's certainly <laughs> possible to go that route. Uh, yeah. I also feel like Zemo is going to have a, a major role in that. Kind yeah, of causing I, a little like, because that was his kind of MO in Civil War was like, I don't have the physical power to beat you. But if I can cause a little like turmoil in your in your crew, maybe you guys will break up on your own kind of thing. So that seems like a very Zemo move where it's like, let me, uh, before you start feeling like Captain America and start getting, you know, two high bridges there, maybe you, uh, maybe I bring you down a notch. Yeah, he probably does have a hand in it somehow. But I, I do feel like um, this, this might end up being like a WandaVision situation where we see multiple antagonists and not everybody's necessarily a full on antagonist situation. Yeah. Um, and it also seems like Marvel likes to play that part a lot, right? Like, I feel like we get a lot more villains that end up being kind of anti heroish more so than we get full on villains. Like, even Thanos, you spend some time, or they spend some time kind of analyzing his motives. Yeah, I think he might have just been a villain, though. (laughs) 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 On account of genocide on every single. Well, (laughs) I mean, you know. That's yeah, what, that's your point of view. <laughs> <laughs> How about uh, James Buchanan Barnes, aka James... Winter Soldier? What's his uh, comic book lore? There's nothing really to say, as you can tell from my essay. <laughs> you, wrote, you wrote two pages of notes here. <laughs> <laughs> well, gosh, go ahead, take it away. I'll, I'm gonna try to keep this brief because I feel like I laid out way too much here. But um, basically. Just pointing out something that I thought was pretty funny. Back in like the nineties, um, you know, I would pick up a couple comics here and there, right? But like I would always love to see the letters to the editor pages, uh, only because I don't know, I was a weird kid. I just liked reading for the sake of reading, I guess. I don't know. Um, but there was a phrase that went around a lot, and that was basically um anytime they they would talk about bringing a character back in comics, it's this whole little sequence mind you this is after like prominent stories like the resurrection of superman and stuff like that so like no the the phrase is nobody stays dead in comics unless you're bucky uncle ben or jason todd uh and oddly enough all of those characters have been resurrected now but for the longest time those are the three characters in comic books that would never get resurrected um bucky started off his comic book publication history i guess as the kid sidekick to Captain America. 
So we're talking about like this originally like this 13 year old kid that would hang out with Captain America and go off and punch Nazis in World War Two. Uh, because I mean, we nope. did that back in the day, right? <laughs> um, which I, you know, obviously, you know, and especially like hearing different documentaries for, with Stan Lee, it's something that he didn't like to, he didn't want to have stick around. So Bucky as a character got kind of shoved aside after that period. Like something to keep in mind: the Captain America comics were around during that time during World War Two. So. You know, that's how you got some of those like iconic shots of Captain America punching out Hitler. Uh, but those were the stories that Bucky was very closely associated with. So Bucky was the Robin to Captain America's Batman. Um, and so he was like a very big, prominent character in those books back in the day. But once um, once those comics stopped publication and you didn't get Captain America stories for a while, they brought Captain America back for Avengers without Bucky. And the way that they spun it off is him and Bucky were fighting off, uh, I think, I guess it was Nazis, I can't recall at this point, but uh, their plane went down and um, Cap was frozen in time. And so they unfreeze him decades later and he mourns the loss of his sidekick because nobody found his body. Um, and that was the case for a long time. Like You would only see Bucky's character in flashbacks anytime Steve would recall anything. Uh, and it wasn't until 2005 when uh, Ed Brubaker came in to run to write for Captain America that you got the storyline, The Winter Soldier, which is where he finally does what a lot of people were. Um, I guess it was very, very um, popular in, in the mid 2000s to bring back dead comic book characters and spin them off to something. Uh, but he brought back Bucky and kind of rewrote a lot of the history. So it's revealed that he was always the 16-year-old kid that was trained to be an assassin by the U.S. government. Um, and he went on covert ass- assassination missions without Captain America knowing. Uh, but somehow he survived his uh, plane crash and he was taken in by Russians who gave him this bionic arm, kept him in stasis for a long time and used him in as, an, as an assassin under the moniker the Winter Soldier. So there was no Hydra involved in the original story. That was something that the MCU kind of put in there. The Russians um, are all kind of Hydra. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't we all? Right? <laughs> um, yeah, that, that that it is kind of funny though because um, I, I'm trying to remember. Does does Bucky have the red star on his on his the arm in the MCU? Did, yeah. He did, not right? On, not on the Wakanda one, though. So in a way, he he you kind of kept that because that was like a big iconography thing with him in the uh, 2006 run. Uh, but anyway, he's he has a run-in with the Black Widow. Uh, eventually, murders the Winter the the Red Skull, uh, all to get the uh, Cosmic Cube, which for us is the Tesseract in the MCU. Um, and but eventually, he ends up fighting Captain America, which jogs his memory. He starts to remember who he is, uh, and then the story ends with basically the same way that the Winter Soldier ends, which is where. They kind of fight each other to a stalemate, and they both end up parting ways. But uh, you know, n- nobody knows if Bucky actually remembers his life or if he's just having a meltdown. Uh, and he doesn't come back into prominence until a couple a couple storylines later, uh, when Captain America is killed at the end of the comic book Civil War, and he takes up the mantle of Captain America. 
and but aside from that i think that's the heavy load of, of his comic book story i hope i kept it as short as i could but, but pretty good all right great <laughs> um but we're talking about two characters here that have both been captain america in the comics so yeah. for a long time a lot of people were speculating like who's going to be the next captain america is it going to be bucky is it going to be falcon i i kind of like the way that they've gone with it where they just kind of skipped bucky and went directly to falcon because even in the comics there was always that argument of like, well, uh, Bucky has too much blood on his hands to. Yeah, I was going to say in the MCU, Bucky is a character that's easy as a fan to like, but hard to support as a successor for, you know, the shield, the Captain America moniker. Yeah, so I, th- I think what they've done in the MCU, maybe it's easier in the comics, but in the MCU, at least it's like he does have too much blood on his hands. He's like he also admits he's like he's not worthy because of what he's done in the past, whether he was under brainwashing or not. He definitely has a lot of like a loaded history. And it's something that comes back to bite him in the comics as well. Cause even though he is captain America, his, his costume definitely represents a different version. Like he carries around a knife and a gun <laughs> aside from, uh, from the standard shield. So he's, this is a Captain America that has no problem with executing his enemies other than the accidental deaths or like the blunt force trauma that your typical Captain America would be okay with. But yeah, that, that kind of sums up the, the comics history for, for winter soldier. Um, I think in terms of tying it down to like what could happen in the MCU, I got to say that I, I feel less confident in my ability to like, project anything for what might come with uh winter soldier in this series i feel more confident uh talking about what could happen with falcon because i feel like they're it's just judging from the trailers it seems like they're pulling from that recent um falcon as captain america comic book run yeah uh but other than his time being captain america i don't know what else there is to bucky that they can kind of pull from he's been in more storylines he just hasn't been as big of a character um, as he kind of has been in the MCU. Yeah, well, then uh, let's just talk predictions for the show, uh, whether they be as vague, as general as you want, so that you can still hold on to them being coming out true, if even if they're wrong, or as specific as you want. I think Bucky's Mephisto, and he's going to come out as being Mephisto in, in episode one. Wow, now it all makes sense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think... Um, my personal feelings on it, and you know, I've, I've shared this before, but I feel like they're using this show as like a launch pad for for the Thunderbolts, only because it seems like that's kind of like the the groundwork that they've laid out. Um, you have Baron Zemo coming into the forefront again. Uh, Falcon is now going to take on the mantle of, uh, of 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 the um, of Captain America. Then you also have the the fact that you're supposed to get an appearance from uh, the new, or sorry, the, the supposed sister of uh, of Black Widow from from the movie, which is why we were supposed to get that movie before we got this series. But oh, is she in this? Yeah, she's in this. I don't know for how many episodes, but it's been confirmed that she is going to make an appearance. They didn't show her in any trailers, right? I'm not crazy. No, no, they haven't. And I think part of it was that her setup was supposed to come. Yeah. From that movie. Yeah. One thing on the comics, I just need your confirmation. His name is like Helmet Zemo, right? Baron yeah. is like the moniker of the leader of the Zemo family line who 
leads the Masters of Evil, whatever that that league is, against Captain America and or the Avengers. So I guess this show, I'd like if this show did like a, not an even split, but maybe like a 70-30 split of like, what are Bucky and Falcon up to? And then show us like a good amount of time of, uh, of Zemo becoming like building up his army or running his master plan or whatever it is. Yeah, I guess. Um, so I think the reason why he's called Baron Zemo is because he's actually, he's supposed to be a Baron of some sort of country or, or land. Um, is this, oh yeah, right. It's Sokovia in the MCU. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was Russia in the. Probably, I, I know his father. There were two. There were two people that had the the mantle of of, uh, of Baron Zemo. The first one was I, I think his name was was Henry Heinrich Zemo. Yeah, yeah let me pull up your notes. Well, it's not on there. Yeah, I think the first one was Heinrich Zemo, which was his dad, and that's the villain that Captain America fought in World War Two. Even in those World War Two comics, um, during that era, and then the. The one that we're introduced to in the MCU and the more modern version of him is the son, which is Helmut Zero, uh, Zemo, who is always associated with Hydra um, or AIM or any of the other evil organizations in Marvel because there's like, you know, take your pick. There's a whole bunch of them. Uh, but he is somebody who has primarily just been a straight up villain in the comics. Like there's not a lot of there's not too much depth to him. In terms of like what his ulterior motives are, which is why when they introduced him in Civil War, I was so taken aback by the very different iteration of the character. This isn't a mustache twirling villain like he is in the comics. <laughs> this is like a guy that's like very tactical and very much like um, intent on ruining or, or destroying superheroes in general. Yeah, that's this is the exact type of hero that I like. Is someone that's like totally outmatched and outgunned, but somehow very formidable. Uh, kind of like a uh, Mysterio. That's He's... why Far From Home worked so well for me because it was like those fights were so good because Spider Man was like doubting himself and not that he was physically outmatched because he could have won that if he could just overcome certain obstacles in his way or, or anything obstructing him. That's why I really like that Civil War. I thought the Zemo character was great because it was like, I don't have the brawn to beat you, but I have the brains and I can like, I can manipulate you and I can play you a certain way. And then you can just do the fighting for me. The actor is is, is also so good. Daniel Brule like plays that character so well. Yeah, so I'm really excited to see what they do with that whether he is ultimately the big bad or if there's someone above him or if maybe he like passes the legacy on to some group or to someone else, I'm okay with whatever on there. I just want to see more of him because I thought we didn't get a lot because it was all being done behind the scenes sort of, and you didn't know what he was up to uh, in civil war. Yeah. For, for judging from the new spots that we've seen this week, you know, and you and I were talking about them a little bit before we started recording, but there's so many. <laughs> I know there's there's a lot, and that I I'm used to them dropping something and being like, oh, by the way, here's you know, yada yada yada, and, and it'll trend in on Twitter or whatever for at least for a few hours, and it'll give me enough time to watch it. But 
Um, there's a, there's been like an onslaught of stuff this week. Uh, but anyway, it seems like the this group that is like the um, I guess like the anti-government group that they're fighting against seems to have some sort of like super strength or superpowers to them, at least from the new spots that we've seen. Uh, maybe I haven't seen that one. I've, I've seen a few of them. <laughs> there's, there's, there was the sequence so in the truck um, where one of them seems to... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Strength. So, I did see that one. You think I, that's the same group? I, I feel like that's like their first mission, like episode one, that's going to be like a random side quest that they do that has yeah. nothing to do with Zemo. Yeah, you, you, you could be right. I, I think whatever group they're they're going up against, though, I, I would... I would assume that Zemo is either behind it or at some point he's going to use that group to his own. Yeah, like problem. he'll come in and be like, you guys are in need of like a leadership type of right. organization role. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I'm looking forward to seeing Enfys Nest uh, show up in this in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Did you notice that? I'll Yeah. I was, I was a little surprised. I was like, oh, damn, she's here she is. I wanted to see more of her in the Star Wars universe, but I guess I'll, I'll take her here. I'll settle for Marvel, yeah. Here's a uh, one bold prediction for you. I think out of the Disney series this year, this is going to be the best one. Between this, WandaVision, and Loki. Wow. That's... That's a lot from coming from you. <laughs> I know, and I, I hate Captain America. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Maybe because he's not in it, I'm going to like it. But just from, like, the trailers and from all these, like, little uh, featurette scenes, these are two characters that have this awkwardly good chemistry. I don't know. It it just it doesn't feel right, but it also feels like they're going to play off each other really well because they're both so serious and, like, Um, stone-faced. It's like the dry sarcasm that, that really resonates with me. And... I think the show that we both compared it to is this feels kind of like psych. It does. Their their banter, their back and forth definitely feels like it. But it's also, I feel like it, it, this is the show whose trailer gives me just like a straight out, straightforward MCU movie vibe. I think that's also it too. It's like, this feels comfortable. <laughs> like it's a stretch into the series world as opposed to movies. But it's also like, it it looks like it's Marvel, and I think it's going to be very chess-like. It's not going to be where it will diverge from the movies is that it's going to be chess-like and not checkers-like, you know? It's right. going to be very complex in how, like, who the villain is and how they're playing us, and I'm fighting on this front while well, I should have been paying attention to to my flank type of thing. Yeah, I, I think this, this movie is going to, or this movie, this show is going to give us that mcu movie taste that we've we've been waiting for since before the pandemic it's also interesting to note that this was meant to be the first show to debut for marvel on disney plus it wasn't supposed to be wandavision but because of the shooting schedules that were messed up due to covid uh we got this movie oh sorry this show after wandavision Mm. i didn't know that originally like the original schedule was we were supposed to get wandavision exactly the time we got it just now but a week after the last episode of wandavision doctor strange 2 would have released in theaters we're really backed up yeah so this this today i guess that we're recording friday march 12th is where um doctor strange 2 would have been would have premiered thanks covid 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, but I, it, it's interesting. I've, I've been waiting for this show. I thought originally this was my most anticipated show um, out of the Disney Plus stuff that, that, that was announced. But I feel like now, I don't know why. I, I, I think I'm... I, I kind of agree with you that this might be the best one, the best uh, Disney Plus show, only because I, I feel like we've been starving for the typical Marvel content and WandaVision just gave us like some really, really good content. But it's like... It's kind of like... How do I explain this? It's kind of like going into a bakery and asking for a slice of apple pie. And they're like, oh, well, we don't have apple pie, but here's some, here's a slice of cheesecake for you. And it's good cheesecake, you know, but you really want that apple pie. Wow. You, that resonates with me more than you could imagine. I need apple pie <laughs> is what I'm saying. So after we're done recording, I got to go to my nearest bakery and get some. But yeah, okay. I'm anyway. <laughs> more, I'm more of a donut guy. Oh, dude, a warm donut is like the best thing. Like, I'll take a cold donut. Watch me. Oh, <laughs> if it's a Krispy Kreme cold donut, I'm down for it. Krispy Kreme, if you're out there, if you're listening. No, you need like the mom and pop, or like, oh, an Amish market donut. Have you ever had one of those? Oh God, yes, yes. Yeah, those are where it's at. There's a farmers market that comes into town. Uh, I think the Saturday is at Union Square, and I'm usually like. Pre, I'm talking pre-COVID. I used to go down there. Warm apple crisp donut. It's so good. I'd, we, should, I'd risk... we should do an episode on donuts and pastries. Yeah, we should. <laughs> we should. I'll dedicate an hour of my time to talking I'll about I'll buy food. a dozen and eat them during the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the best I can get over here is Krispy Kreme. So. <laughs> that's, not a bad, that's not a bad choice, though. No, but it's Krispy Kreme at Dwayne Reed and not Krispy Ooh. Kreme at a Krispy Kreme. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, <laughs> on that note, <laughs> uh, I think that's about it. Unless you have like any other outstanding predictions or any last thoughts on the characters. No, I I think, like I said, I think we're getting a, I think this show is going to be used to set up a couple things in, in the universe. But after watching WandaVision, I think that they, they are going to use these shows for setup, but it's not going to be something overtly huge. Um, at least that's what it kind of seems like. It, it seems yeah. like they're like this is a good little like icing on the cake kind of thing. Yeah, um, I totally. Agree. I think it's you know painting a better picture for characters that right have, that are legacy characters that you've seen for a while but you don't know, while also just being a minor little setup for Phase Four. And I think it's a good testing ground too for for characters like Monica Rambo. We technically got introduced to her in, in Captain Marvel, but this was her time to to really shine was on Disney plus. And I this think is the it, character they would move forward with. Yeah. Right. Right. And they would say, okay, like, well, we're graduating her to the main uh, movie MCU. So yeah, I, I'm excited to see what comes out of this show because WandaVision has left me with really, really great hopes for it. Um, I'm going to keep my expectations tempered, not because I think this is going to be a bad show by any stretch, but I, I think it's more so the less baggage you put onto something. I think the more enjoyment you get out of it overall. And I will do the opposite. I went out and said this is going to be the best. <laughs> and I think I'm also <laughs> going to be like, it's going to be harder for me to go week to week being like, I need to see this next episode more than it was for WandaVision. Like WandaVision was bad. So I hope that does show some comparison because we were both like, oh, this is a binge show. I just want to watch it and, and see what happens next. I think it's going to be a worse feeling. Like I need that after after the first episode of this. I I agree. I get the feeling that the pacing is going to be rapid on this yes. one. 
Yeah. And that's what's going to make it even more of a burden to wait. But I, I will revert back to what I said um, in one of the ep- one of the last episodes we did for 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 the WandaVision series. But ultimately, I gotta say, like it's smart of them to release it week week over week. Oh, it, yeah, it's way smarter. It keeps that conversation alive. It's just the wait's definitely going to kill us. <laughs> yeah, and dropping it the same week as the Snyder Cut. Uh, which is actually coming out the day that we're releasing this podcast. So uh, we're probably competing with that as well, but it, it's very blood. smart because it's like, you're going to lose this week as far as, or they might not even lose this week as far as PR because it's a, the opening episode. But then for the next six weeks after, they're going to definitely win. Well, did you notice that I think the Snyder could kind of sidestepped the release date because technically speaking, they're releasing so this show's releasing on the 19th which is friday and the snyder could get its release on thursday so we're yeah yeah i saw that they really like it's it seems like they knew what was going on yeah you know like and and i i don't i don't know who's going to end up winning in terms of like who's going to trend longer right on social media that will be very interesting to see it's hard because... for a 4 hour movie to trend on a Thursday release, because who's going to watch that Thursday night? <laughs> well, like, that's I, a gotta, I, I gotta say that I've never seen a more passionate group than the, than the Snyder Cut fans. <laughs> True. You know, so that's why I'm like, I, I'm willing to bet that they'll win in, in terms of like the, the trend uh, of the week, right? But I do think that overall, you're going to have this show is going to have a larger conversation around it in the long run versus like this, these next like two weeks or so where I'm pretty sure there's going to be a big Zack Snyder focus, but we'll see. It's, it'll be an interesting thing to keep an eye out for when we do our, our first uh, analysis there. Somebody told me today that the Snyder cut was coming out in four parts. Um, No. So it's actually a, it's all it's the whole movie dropping right yeah the whole movie's dropping but i think that what i think Zack snyder did this interview where he said that there were four chapters to it and what it means by that is like you know how like in a dvd when you skip scenes it's divided by <laughs> what <four>. yeah <laughs> that's ridiculous if that's true but okay it's it's like a four act kind of thing i see that that's very confusing yeah I, I don't know saying it's not in parts it's all released so, yeah. It was also leaked this week. <laughs> what? Yeah, uh, Dude, some have... people have already seen it. If if you if you try to watch Tom and Jerry on Monday, uh, you watch the Snyder cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, that's hilarious. Yeah, so we're both really excited for this. Uh, if there's anything that you're anticipating, or you have your own predictions, or if after watching the first episode you want to share your thoughts before we record. Feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at BTFourthWall, 4 being 4TH. Otherwise, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.